Welcome to Mind Love, episode 135. Today's episode is all about pivoting with purpose. A lot of people are buying right now. They are buying what they need right now. So you've got to pivot and adjust your messaging, change your products and services slightly to make sure that the things that you're selling are actually helping people right now with what they need because things have changed, right? There are 7.7 billion people on the planet. So there's always going to be someone who's in the right place, you know, and you've got a product or service that they're going to resonate with. And so when you're looking at, you know, the sensitivity of the collective right now, which I get why I get it's a sensitive time. People are in a lot of fear right now, and that's why they're getting triggered so much. I get that. And it doesn't mean that you have to shift and bow to other people's fear and bow to other people's judgments and criticisms. Because the, at the end of the day, people are going to judge you regardless. Just being yourself and sharing that truth over and over again isn't going to attract the right people, always. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. Hi, friends and wild people. First off, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please hit the subscribe button. More subscribers means even better guests and tons more value. Plus, it helps me grow the show so more people can find it. And if you ask me, everyone could use a little more mind love. Let's just lay it all out there. We are living in a really weird time. We're only halfway through and we've already got volcanoes and pandemics and aliens and parallel universes. And with all that, we've also got to deal with fear and control and division and isolation and judgment. It's a lot. If you're an entrepreneur or if you had loose plans to become one soon, suddenly the waters are a little murkier. It's already scary to give up job security. I'm using air quotes because, you guys, job security is an illusion, which I'm sure plenty of you have come to realize this year since our unemployment rate is the worst it's been since the Great Depression. Well, on one hand, a lot of entrepreneurs are thankful that they're not walking on eggshells into work, just waiting for their name to be called along with hundreds of other layoffs. They're thankful that they took those steps to build their own thing instead of putting their life in someone else's hands. But on the other hand, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that have been forced to close the doors of their businesses, not knowing when they can even reopen. Or they're hesitant to sell online right now because it might be perceived as insensitive or inappropriate. So what are our options? First, we need a major mindset shift. And then we need to learn how to match our offerings to what people really need. And that's what we're talking about today. Our guest is Amber Sears. She's a holistic business coach who helps soul-powered entrepreneurs make a big impact and income doing what they love. Many of you might recognize her from some hilarious viral videos with her husband, J.P. Sears. This is such an electric conversation since we both specialize in similar things, help people find purpose and make money off of it, and we come from it at different angles. So in this episode, three key things we will learn are the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs are making right now how to get over your fear of putting yourself out there, especially during sensitive times, and how to stop seeking approval or validation from others. But before we dive in, do you wish you could have your own little mindset coach in your pocket every single morning? Just sign up for the Morning Mind Love for daily inspirational messages right to your inbox. I get messages from people every single day about how the Morning Mind Love is their favorite way to start their day, or that the message that came through is exactly what they needed to hear. It's kind of like your own personal inspiration oracle. Just visit mindlove.com and sign up right there on the homepage. Plus, you'll get some amazing free gifts when you do, like a free guided binaural affirmation meditation designed to rewire your brain to your highest self. And you'll get one of my favorite tools, a booklet of my personal power list to help you gain clarity and live each day with intention. And it's all completely free. Just go to mindlove.com to sign up. Or if you're out and about, text the word morning to 33777. That's morning to 33777. And now let's welcome Amber Lee Sears to the show. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful to be here. So first, let's start off with your story. How did you become uh, the CEO of Epic Self, hosting all these amazing transformational retreats and just trying to live your own epic life? 
<laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, my journey with Epic Self started about 13 years ago now. I actually started out just as a blogger. And Epic Self was really my place to share my passion for health and wellness. And um, some people may or may not know I've been a dancer my whole life. I was a professional dancer through college and onward for eight years afterward. And dance has been a massive part of my life. And so along the journey, though, I had all these acute and chronic injuries from my dance training. And I was really forced to find tools that would help me just basically um, heal my body, rebalance my body, um, prevent injury, recover and rehabilitate from injuries, um, ultimately so I could be the best dancer that I could be. And that was always my primary goal was how can I be the best answer I can be specifically, you know, with that dream, that focus of mine. Um, and so that led me into nutrition at a really young age as well, because I knew that the food I was eating, I grew up on a really kind of standard American diet, so to speak. And that was really affecting my performance level, my mental clarity, my energetics, like just my ability to recover faster, endure longer, all those things. And so I dove into nutrition around like age 15, 16, 17, and really got into holistic nutrition, um, Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine, raw foods, um, went hundred percent plant-based about 11 years ago. And I've been vegan for 11 years. So like lots of different, you know, experiments and exploration in terms of my health and wellness. But along that journey with all my injuries, I found Pilates and yoga. And those were two really powerful techniques that just radically transformed my life in every way possible, you know, mind, body, and spirit. And so for me, um, after college, I was like, okay, I want to teach my passions. I want to, I want to give back in the way that I've learned so much. I've been able to heal myself, you know, recover from injuries and just feel my best ever. I want to give these skills and tools to other people. And that's what really lit me up inside. And and also I knew really early on, like I could not work a nine to five. Like I'm a mover. I'm supposed to be with people. I'm supposed to be teaching movement. Like that's, that's my gift. Right. Mm -hmm. And so how do I do that with people, um, in a way that is not only financially sustainable for me, um, but also can really, um, create my dream lifestyle, my dream business. And so for about eight years in San Francisco, I was teaching private one-on-one private client base and classes and workshops and stuff like that. And I also started producing retreats around that time. And so I had a really strong business there in San Francisco, but it was an hourly based business. So I was getting paid per hour, which most trainers are um, still to this day, right? It's a big part of the industry. And I just really felt like, wow, I'm really capped at how many people I can help first and foremost and how much I can make in general in my um, current business model. And so that's when I really started to open up my mind to the online world. And I had you know, developed Epic Self as a blog. And then when Skype became available, I was like, oh, I can do you know my classes and I can teach online. But it was still like such a new concept that it was harder to kind of, I had to like convince people it was a good idea because they were so used to like going <laughs> to their yoga classes and doing their one on one work with their private clients or excuse me, with their personal trainers, you know. And so this whole concept of doing Pilates and yoga online was it's kind of bizarre at the time. Right. Because it wasn't it was a, a new thing. And so I remember like doing my first uh, yoga and Pilates class on Google plus was a thing and you could do the Google Hangouts. And I remember being like one of the first to use Google Hangouts for yoga. And I'm like, this is so cool. But it was really still like, I didn't know how to market it. I didn't know how to sell it online. It was just, I wasn't skilled yet enough to know how to do that. I just really loved teaching. And I really wanted to like explore this online world. Cause I knew that if I built an, a location independent business and had an online business, online presence that I could do a lot more traveling, which was really such a huge need and want in my life. I had traveled a lot already at that age and wanted to travel more. I wanted it to be my lifestyle. I wanted to be a digital nomad. But I had all these amazing clients in San Francisco that were tethering me to the ground, so to speak. Like I couldn't teach um, at that point online fully. And so I slowly started to transition my business online and started offering online you know, health and wellness coaching, um, doing Pilates and yoga online one-on-one. And also was doing like retreats at that time, starting to dabble in retreats, which was really like Retreats are my favorite thing because it's the combination of everything I love. It's travel, it's transformation, it's getting to teach all the things I love in a beautiful tropical destination. <laughs> you know, so for me, I was like, that's my goal. I, I saw all these retreat companies and I said, that's the life I want to live. That's the type of impact I want to make. That's the kind of like a travel lifestyle I want. Let's make this happen. I'm going to figure it out. And so it took me a while to figure it out, of course. And I had lots of failures and things that didn't go wrong, didn't go right. Um, but then about, uh, seven and a half years ago or so now I moved to Costa Rica and this was a really big shift in my business and in like my understanding of like how I was going to run my business moving forward. Um, 
And so I moved to Costa Rica initially to open up a wellness center, a brick and mortar space, which was the first time I'd ever run or owned like a brick and mortar space. And I was really excited about like fulfilling that kind of dream. And at the same time, deep down knowing I really still wanted my whole business online. I didn't want to be tethered anywhere, even if it was beautiful Costa Rica, like I didn't want to be tied somewhere. Right. And so after about a year of running that, that center, I realized, you know what? I love this. I'm producing retreats every month, teacher trainings. I have my daily classes. It's like so cool. There's so much happening here, but I'm working more than I was working in San Francisco. I'm working 24 seven, keeping this place open. And I lived above the studio, right? So it was just like, there was no separation between work and, and play. And I had no time off. And so ultimately I didn't move to the jungle to have no balance, to have no quality of life, to like work more than I was working in San Francisco. Right. And so I had to really decide, okay, number one, this business isn't making the money I thought it was going to, and it's way more work than I anticipated. And so I said, you know what, let's just close the center as much as like that feels like a failure to me to some degree. It's actually a win because it's taking me in the direction of my online business. And so I decided I was just going to produce retreats and teacher training programs at different retreat centers, just rent retreat centers versus run my own, um, rent them for different productions and then do all my online coaching. And so also along that journey, um, about you know, seven years ago when I first moved to Costa Rica, I was getting approached to do business coaching. I had people reaching out to me saying, how did you build your business? How did you launch your first online program? How did you do your retreats? How did you open a wellness center? And so it was really interesting because I never anticipated now being a business coach and like that being a big part of my mission and my purpose, but it's evolved that way because I had so many people coming to me asking me, how did you do this? I want this lifestyle. I want this business. So I was like, okay, well, I I can definitely teach you what I did you know, and especially in the health and wellness industry, it's very specific. And so working with yogis and Pilates teachers and personal trainers and helping them transition their businesses online and helping them do events abroad and just create really deep transformational events that really shift people for good is really my biggest, you know, greatest work in the world. And I love helping other leaders do that because I know my impact goes farther if I help leaders impact their people as well. Um, So that's really how my business has evolved. Um, But then like this last you know, year and a half ago, I moved to Austin, Texas full-time to be with my husband, JP. And that's been another big shift, massive shift back to the U S and now I'm primarily doing, um, obviously with the COVID situation, I had to move all my retreats back. Um, you had to push them back at least six months, but really, um, I'm reducing how many retreats I'm doing. I used to run retreats every month in Costa Rica because I live there. And now I'm doing like three retreats a year um, and running mainly online programs and doing business coaching. So everything has shifted a lot over the years, but it's been this like this beautiful evolution. And it's me just really listening to my heart and following what it is I'm being called to do next in terms of my own personal evolution as well. Right. It's almost like having that marriage because you got married like two years ago, I think I saw on your Instagram, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're coming up on our two year anniversary. Yeah. Congratulations. First of all, second of all, um, yeah, it's almost like that was in preparation with a lot of people. I know one person who's been doing only retreats. And so this whole COVID situation put a whole halt to that. She's scrambling to figure out how to pivot that, but it really goes to show you, I think, and how when you are just kind of open to the evolution, you were already sort of shifting coming back here. And so making those preparations, which makes all this a little bit, a little bit easier in one aspect. I'm not sure about the other aspects, but it's really what inspires me about your story is it seems like in so many ways you were a pioneer of things and Mm. in in the digital nomad space and in the creating online things and doing online workouts. And it's funny because I think sometimes we think things don't exist until we become aware of it. And I remember that's how I felt when, with the being a digital nomad, all of a sudden I was so interested in travel and I was like, Oh my gosh, people are able to do this now. I didn't think, Oh, people have been doing this for years. (laughs) It was like, (laughs) suddenly now that I found this blog, this person is now traveling. (laughs) But a lot of times the information is there already there is there already are people paving the way so how did yes. you initially other than just realizing oh that's what i want to do what really made you know that it was possible i have always been someone who's prioritized wellness well at least what i understood about it at the time which has definitely evolved but now i live in a town where some of my conveniences just aren't as accessible as when i lived in la 
Then I found aloe moves and my whole experience changed. I've been an avid yogi for 16 years, but frankly, I am just underwhelmed by most online yoga. Their flows are either too easy or not varied enough. Well, Aloe Moves has everything. Of course, they have an endless selection of beginner content, since that is the category most people fall into, but they even have advanced and yoga teacher-focused content. They are the only online platform that I can find that I can narrow down the time that I'm looking for precisely. Like, I have 38 minutes today, what you got? (laughs) They have something for every mood. Trying to get a good sweat? Try their award-winning workouts like sweat-inducing yoga flows, HIIT classes, or reformer Pilates workouts with or without weights. Or find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and even journaling for those quiet moments. And when it comes to sleep, it's just as important as fitness and nutrition. Ever since I watched The Art of Sleep on Allo Moves, I've been falling asleep faster and staying asleep longer. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Allo Moves. Go to allomoves.com now and use code MINDLOVE for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's allomoves.com code MINDLOVE. Allomoves.com code MINDLOVE. If there's one topic that keeps coming up in my women's circles, it's our hormones. Frankly, I think that between years of birth control or beauty products that mess with endocrine function, a lot of us are just out of whack. EstroControl is a formula developed by Happy Mammoth, a supplement company dedicated to making women's lives easier. It has science-backed herbal extracts that help support hormonal health, especially in women who suffer from PMS. The way EstroControl eases PMS is pretty interesting. The ingredients support the liver, and that's where our hormones get processed, especially estrogen. So when the estrogen isn't processed well in the liver, women may start having PMS, spots on the skin, they get cravings, they feel low all of a sudden. EstroControl was created to help women feel like themselves all throughout the month because PMS can basically rob us of a week of our lives every month. Totally not fair. EstroControl is made specifically for women who are premenopausal, so it's perfect for women that haven't entered menopause yet. And in fact, it's amazing for perimenopause when hormones start to fluctuate and PMS can turn into a beast. I have been relearning myself postpartum. I just started my period again when my baby was 10 months and I forgot how wild these hormone changes can be. I wanted something to just maintain optimal hormone levels and help with mild mood swings, and EstroControl is perfect for this. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com with promo code MINDLOVE at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use promo code MINDLOVE for 15% off your first order. What really made you know that it was possible? Yeah, great question. So, you know what really got me inspired was the book called The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. I'm sure mm. you know Tim Ferriss's work. And this was his first book. And this was like, again, like I, I want to say a decade ago, right, where I, I read this book and I said, oh, my God, it's possible with how technology is advancing. And again, I, I was in San Francisco, so I was in the hub of technology and I saw what was happening with apps and, you know, these kids coming in and creating apps and selling them for $5 million. Like that was the norm in San Francisco at the time. And so it was really interesting. Just I was like in this little tech bubble and very hyper aware of what was happening in that realm and understanding and reading all these, you know, kind of critical uh, pillars, uh, let's say in our, in that space, like Tim Ferriss was really big in pioneering digital nomads. So was, um, Chris Gillibo, another guy, he has got a website called the art of nonconformity and he's all about traveling the world. He's been to every country in the world and he lives off his online business. And also another blogger named Leo Bautha, Bautha, I think is how you say his last name. And his blog is called Zen habits. And these were the bloggers that I was following at that early age that were really inspiring me, not only through like how they wrote, but just how they saw life and how, what they valued and, and how they crafted their life um, and how they crafted their business to really support their ideal lifestyle. That was what shifted me. And I was reading those blogs daily because they were writing every day. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just like eating this up because these people have completely different perspectives and mindsets than my family, than the, my direct, you know, peer group. So I want to know what they know. And so I would, you know, gobble up their, their blogs and their, and their little programs they sell and all this stuff. And that's what really got me into this. Okay, I can do this. I could actually, because I was already blogging and I was already making money through my blog with just through advertising, having ads on my site. And I was making $800 a month through my blog. So I was like, okay, you know, I could keep this going. I could, I could figure a way to sell courses and I, I, I could just be a blogger if that's all I want. And I saw these big bloggers really blowing up. And so I thought, you know, 
if I can do that, even a little bit of side income from that would be great. And then I could ultimately create products and services that I could sell off my website. But it just, it, that's where it started. And then at like age 23, I did this really big shift where I said, you know what? I'm not happy. I'm living in San Francisco. I have everything I need. I have like two computers at this cute little apartment. Like I have all the material stuff that's supposed to make you feel happy and successful and I'm not fulfilled. I'm not happy. Like all I want to do is travel. So I sold everything that I had at the time and I put everything I could into two backpacks and I went backpacking by myself for a year and I went to Australia primarily and just backpacked around and ended up teaching, um, abroad there, um, different workshops and stuff like that. But I was also making money through my blog. And so at that point I was like, okay, this is doable. Like I'm going to test this out. I'm going to see how this goes. I can teach along my journey and I can also blog and I can see what, what type of thing I can, you know, build through my website. And so that's what really kind of instilled in me. This is totally possible, but it took a really big leap. It took a really big risk to like take that trip and make it happen and get to a point where I had like a thousand dollars in my bank account, you know, to figure out how I'm going to do this. Um, but it was so worth it because it, it really lit a fire under me to figure it out. Um, because I didn't want to return to the, the job at the wine bar I was working in San Francisco to make my bills. You know, I wanted to do this full time. I wanted to do what mattered to me full time. Um, and I knew so many other people were doing it. I just needed to figure out how I could do it for me. Right. I'm curious about the interim of when you wanted to travel and when the blog actually started making money, because I know so many people are so inspired to do something like this, but it does often take longer than people think to get something up and running. They, th- they see these like, oh, yeah. make a thousand dollars online immediately things. And then they're disappointed when it doesn't work. And then they f- think the whole thing is like, it'll never work for them. And so what were you doing in the beginning as you were trying mm. to get that blog going? Yeah. So, you know, I think also I was really at a key time. I think timing is everything as well. And I got in early with blogging. You know, yeah. nowadays it's, it is saturated. Um, the online world is saturated. doesn't mean that you still can't make money in that space. Not at all. But it just means like in the heyday of blogging, when it was like brand new and I was one of the first health and wellness bloggers on the scene, that was really fascinating for me because I actually ended up the ads that were on my website were from a company called Glam Media and Glam.com. I don't even know if they still exist. I'm assuming they do, but they have, they had hundreds of bloggers under their umbrella that they would basically send their ads to. Right. And they needed bloggers in different specific niches, different industries. So a handful of health and wellness blogs that they had in that category at that point it was like, a field day, so to speak, for those who were right at the beginning of it, because then they got the ads, they, they got the traffic. Right. And Mm -hmm. so what I found myself in though, which of course I didn't like was like the traffic hustle. Where am I getting my traffic from? Because the more traffic that came to my site, the more money I made through my ads. So then I was posting my stuff on Reddit and Facebook and all these different platforms trying to get it seen by new people. Right. So that I had more traffic to my website. And so, um, you know, that's when I got into social media. So social media was always a thing for me. Like I was always into Instagram. When Instagram came out, I was like, this is my jam. I love this platform. It's amazing. Um, and so I got in early with Instagram and that meaning that like, um, not that I blew up right away on Instagram, but that like, I, I learned how to work the platform. I learned how to create content daily. That was, that was, um, powerful and impactful. And because I was already blogging so much, it came actually quite easy for me to do Instagram posts. I was like, Oh, this is great. They're shorter, a little blog post basically. And I can get more precise information and potent information into one little post than writing a massive blog, you know, cause it used to take me like an hour to write a blog. Instagram post takes me 20 minutes. So it was like this really cool new platform where I was like, okay, I could reach more people this way in a more, you know, short, concise amount of time. So I loved Instagram right away. Facebook and Instagram were my primary platforms and have been for the last 10 years. So my entire business has been run off organic social media reach completely. Like there is, there has been a handful of times where I've done paid ads for different launches I've done over the years, but very, very rarely. And so for me, um, that, you know, the art of, of social media is learning how to connect with people and connect with your ideal customers and write, content that, that they feel is valuable. Um, and so that's been the process for me is just mastering social media and adapt, adapting with it as it shifts because the algorithms are always shifting, right? So you've right. always got to be on top of what's happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what really stands out to me and what's worked for me as well, when I want to do something, I, I make sure that I consciously curate 
what I'm seeing, whether it's online, whether it's in my friendship yeah. groups. And so I remember in the beginning having these dreams and I read Chris Gillibue's uh, Art of Nonconformity. Yes. I don't know if I pronounce his name right, but, um, yes. but uh, I remember reading it while at the gym, like on a treadmill and I was like reading it through the free library app. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> well, yes. And so I started to consciously, actually at that time I didn't yet, I let it go. So I made no progress on it. But then all of a sudden there was something that was happening in my life where I was starting to trust in my abilities more. I was getting clearer on who I wanted to be. Not completely clear. I made moves before I was clear. And it was actually through making the moves that I gained the rest of the clarity. But yes. I started to unfollow people on Facebook that were skeptics. And I started to ah. follow people that weren't or fall, like seek out the people what would be, who's doing what I want to do in another sort of way? And how can I see them first on my feed? So I would just ask, send them a friend request. And what a lot of people don't know is even if they don't accept your friend request, because it's like some big name blogger or podcaster or whatever, you then follow automatically their public posts. So you're able to see what right. they want you to see. And I did that with all of my social media. So even now, like with everything going on with COVID, I didn't want to feel fear around it. I wanted to still stay in my zone of inspiration. So I had to do another curation because a lot of the people that were inspiring before might have fallen into fear, understandably, but that's not what I want in my realm right now. So totally. I, I'm curious though, it sounds like you did a lot of that, like following these yeah. bloggers and whatever. But I think what I also see happens with people is then they start following people and they're following people that are maybe five, 10 years into their journey, whereas they're mm. still a beginner. And so they then start comparing and they're like, but I can't keep yeah. up with all that they're doing. Or they then try to copy and try to be like that person. And so then it kind of removes their authenticity. So how do you find all the balance right. of being inspired by people doing what you want to do and also staying authentic and not getting caught in that comparison trap? Uh, it's such a good question. And it's, and it's a definitely in, this is part of the inner journey that every entrepreneur has to go through. I think all of us have gone through it to some degree and continue to, to this day. Um, comparison can rear its ugly, ugly head at any time, but I feel like I've done so much inner work on just again, it's taken years to get to a point where I found my unique voice in my writing. You know, initially it was writing for my audience, writing to kind of people please people like, Ooh, what are all these people? You know, I don't want to be judged or criticized. So let me write something that's like totally PC. That's really not very opinionated. That kind of covers all the bases. It's going to like fit all opinions and, you know, things like that. And I was writing to please people basically versus writing for myself and writing authentically what mattered to me and writing my, you know, true opinion and my truth. And so over the years, as I started to wear this facade, um, online and project this image of perfection or this, you know, as this blogger, as this influencer, whatever you want to call it, I was literally dying inside. It was like, I, I, I suffer. The more that I wear this facade, the more that I try to people, please people, the more that I try to get people to like me for someone I'm not, as this, you know, facade, the more I suffer inside. And so this is where I had to really make a strong decision. Like I'm not living in alignment. I'm not actually writing posts that are in alignment with who I am on the inside. And that's beginning to eat away at, at me and make me basically not want to keep doing this. Right. If you can't show up authentically as yourself, it's going to start to pave over your soul and you're not going to want to do it after a while. Cause you just lose the fire. It just, there's no reason really to keep doing it. Um, at least in my experience. And so for me, I had to find my voice. I had to begin to understand like my opinion matters. My voice matters. The uniqueness of my voice is what actually makes me stand out in the crowd. And there's no reason for me to compare myself to other people because I am not like anybody else. I'm extremely unique. My gifts are completely different from everybody else's. And so, yes, initially it was looking at people as inspiration and being like, oh, wow. Like, I, I think I feel really grateful that I never really had a lot of comparison where I was like, oh gosh, like I can't do that. They're amazing. I can't do that. And there was never a, a lot of self-doubt in that way. But for me, it was trying to keep up with the, the, the Joneses, so to speak. It was like, oh, well, they have 10,000 followers. I need to get 10,000 followers. And like, you know, trying to, trying to keep up kind of thing. And so instead, what I've had to do whenever I catch myself in that moment of judgment or that moment of comparison, I'm just like, deep breath, like, this is your path. You're on a completely different path than everybody else. The pace that you're going is perfect, right? There's only so much you can do. There's only the most important thing is you be yourself and that you do that. You show up authentically, transparently, vulnerably every day with what you do and that you just serve 
and and you stay in your lane. I learned to stay in my lane really early on. Like, don't look at, don't look beyond the blinders, stay in your lane and stop trying to compare yourself to what other people are doing because ultimately it's a completely different situation they're in. Chances are. <laughs> right. I've all, I went through that same thing. A lot of it for me was, I've always kind of felt like I could have something to share. Like a lot of times we'll be in a room and I'll be the one making people laugh or whatever. So when I had the idea of starting a podcast, I had a feeling if I did certain things that it could be pretty big or that at least I would find my niche of people that liked me. So it wasn't like I was like, oh, will nobody want to listen, blah, blah, blah. It was just like, will I live up to my own expectations was kind of how I was feeling. And I think there's something too where... I mean, I only started this podcast a little over two years ago. At that time, yes, it's become more saturated, but it was still in the saturation phase. But because I went with it and I trusted my gut and I just kept producing and I uh, made good content or or took a little extra time to actually think about like, what do people want to hear? What am I good at sharing? Where these things meet in the middle? It was able to stand out. And so I think even though there's a lot of people like, but every platform saturated, there's always new stuff popping up. I mean, I'm, yeah. a lot of people have resistance to it, but people are doing pretty well on TikTok. You know, it's just like, what yes, actually speaks absolutely. to you? And TikTok, I've actually fallen into the pit of watching TikTok in this quarantine. <laughs> it is pretty <laughs> entertaining, but I'm oh, a little bit awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like, just focus on, uh, what's been really helpful for me is focusing on what are my unique attributes, like taking the time to list that out and then figuring out what platform would go best with that. And for me, that yeah. was with a vocal podcast. And so it wasn't about like, Oh, where can I fit in right now? It was more about like, where can I fit in? But also where do I want to fit in? Where do I feel right fitting in? Oh yeah. And like what really lights you up? You know, I think the most important thing that we do as business owners is do the things that light us up because that's, what's going to resonate with people. If we're like begrudgingly doing YouTube videos because people say we should do YouTube videos and we're really not into it, it's going to, it's going to read that way. And people are going to be more interested in your podcast in general, because that's where you light up. Right. It's like, it's so interesting. And you know, it's taken me a, a long time to get to a place where when I launched my podcast too, I was like, uh, initially very resistant to the idea because like a couple years ago, very resistant to the idea because I was afraid to use my voice in this way, which is interesting because I've been teaching forever and writing forever, but like using my voice in this way, sharing my opinions in this way is, is more intimate, I think. And so, um, it was very interesting to like get to that evolution of, of realizing like my next step, what I'm being called to do is use my voice more fully. And, um, it's been, you know, an edge and scary, but then so rewarding and so fun. I'm like, this is so fun. Why did I resist this this whole time? It's been so fun. I love it. You know? So it's so interesting how, as we evolve and shift the different things call us and we realize, okay, this is the next level of my personal expansion. Also the impact I'm here to make in the world. So let's dive in. Let's do it. Let's face the fears. Right. And one thing that's interesting too, is that, so it's always a little bit vulnerable to start putting your voice out there, you know, because everyone has a different way of viewing the world. And I mean, I even view the world differently than when I started my podcast. So I'm sure there's certain episodes (laughs) that I go back that I'm like, oh, I said that, Hmm, I don't exactly believe that fully anymore, or I've evolved to a different belief since then or whatever it is. And so there's always people that might be willing to push back. But what happens a lot is I don't, I don't see a lot of the people that push back anymore because, you know, my niche has found me and I've got these people who listen that think similar to how I do and and whatever. But what's interesting now is right now, because of the crisis going on, people are kind of shifting into their different categories. Like maybe it was like liberal versus conservative or this versus this. And now it's like people viewing COVID this way and people viewing COVID this way or people viewing your privilege this way and people viewing it this way. You know, there's always people to push back. How are you navigating that? Because I know that there's a lot of people that are like, I can't believe people are even willing to sell right now. Whereas other people are like, so we're all going to halt everything. And like, we need to keep some sort of business as usual, but there's a line where what's being insensitive to what's going on and what's still making big moves in your business and inspiring other people to do the same. Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths a day. And get this, the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases up to 100 times more polluted, according to the EPA. 
And did you know that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths globally? So what's the solution? Two words, living intentionally. We have to take full responsibility for every area of our lives, including our health, which also includes our air. And that's why I love my air doctor. As a reminder, when you support my sponsors, you also support the show. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants, so your lungs don't have to. This includes pollutants like allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, spores, and even bacteria and viruses. I live in the mountains, and our air is pretty great. When I drive home, I can witness myself rising above the cloud of pollution that covers the rest of Southern California. But I know that even in the mountains, my home traps in the contaminants that my family brings inside. Plus, just sleeping one night with my air doctor, I could actually feel the difference. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day breathe-easy money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. So head to Air Doctor Pro and use promo code MIND, and depending on the model, you'll get up to $300 off. You're saving up to $300. Lock this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use promo code MIND. That's promo code M-I-N-D. And now for another episode of Lies We've Been Told About Our Health. We've all heard we need eight glasses of water a day, right? Well, hydration isn't actually about water intake. It's about the balance of water and electrolytes so that our bodies are actually absorbing the water instead of just passing it through. A lot of people go for those sugary sports drinks, but let's be real, those do more harm than good. I've found a better solution. Element. It's a zero-sugar electrolyte drink that's all about effective hydration. Each pack gives you essential electrolytes like sodium and potassium without the unnecessary additives found in other drinks. The team behind Element includes experts in biochemistry and nutrition, so they really know what they're doing. And it's not just for everyday use either. Elite athletes and teams, Olympic weightlifters, CrossFit champions, Navy SEALs, all rely on it too, which to me says a lot about its effectiveness. Here's what makes them really unique. They recently launched a hot chocolate line with flavors like chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry. Ever since I went alcohol-free, I've been really intentional about luxurious, health-focused drinks so I can sit back and unwind while actually doing good for my body. And the Element Chocolate Chai is great for relaxing in the evening or warming up after winter sports. And you can try Element totally risk-free. If you don't like it, you'll get your money back, no questions asked. Receive a free Element sample pack with any order when you purchase through drinkelement.com slash mindlove. That's drinklmnt.com slash mindlove to get a free starter pack with any order. What's being insensitive to what's going on and what's still making big moves in your business and inspiring other people to do the same? Yeah, such a great question. And I have a very strong opinion about this because non-business owners do not understand what it's like to be a business owner. Yeah. <laughs> they don't understand that their paycheck comes from them and their ability to sell. <laughs> yeah. So like, and also not to mention that entrepreneurs lead the economy. They literally create the economy and they also create jobs. So if 25 million people are out of jobs right now, who do you think is going to give them jobs? Entrepreneurs, right? And if entrepreneurs don't sell, they don't have a business. And so when people, you know, have judgments about, oh my God, like, you know, and I luckily have not experienced this at all, but I have colleagues who have, you know, they're trying to sell programs, you know, a couple thousand dollar programs or whatever. And people are like, how are you selling these programs at this time? It's like, um, because I need to pay my bills, I need to pay my staff. I need to keep my staff employed. Like if you were my staff, you would want me fighting for you, wouldn't you? You'd want me selling things to keep your job. So, you know, it's like that mindset shift. I think a lot of people who are not business owners, they don't understand that reality. Um, for them, it might be easy to like say, okay, we're just going to take a break from my nine to five for you know a month and then I'm going to have my job back. Hopefully they have their job back if the business that they were in you know, the, the employer that they had, if they can still employ them. I mean, that's the other reality, right? So it's like, to me, it's a no brainer. If someone wants to like battle me on that, I'm like, uh, okay. So you're basically telling me I shouldn't provide for my family right now. You're telling me I shouldn't try to keep my roof over my head and keep food in my belly. Like that's crazy, you know, in my head, <laughs> yeah, that's how yeah. I think about it. So that's my opinion on that. And a lot of people have a lot of inner resistance to selling right now. Like a lot of newer entrepreneurs that I work with are just like, Oh, it's sensitive time. I'm like, look, this is your livelihood. You won't be able to make your rent if you don't 
sell right now. And also, by the way, a lot of people are buying right now. They are buying what they need right now. So you've got to pivot and adjust your messaging, change your products and services slightly to make sure that the things that you're selling are actually helping people right now with what they need because things have changed, right? So to give you an example in my business, like obviously I run retreats, right? And so my retreats, I had to push back several months. And so I was thinking, you know, how can I help people right now? First of all, I know that Pilates and yoga and ecstatic dance are three things that I teach that are really valuable, that help people a lot, that are going to help them through this really challenging time. Everybody's dealing with a ton of anxiety, fear, overwhelm, stress. They need practices that are going to help them calm down, reconnect to their souls, reconnect to their body, and just feel better vibrationally, right? And so this is when I was like, okay, well, I got to create a program of some sort. Um, And then I started getting messages from some of my followers, and they were like, hey, Amber, do you have that video class that you did on, you know, that Pilates class you did a couple years ago? I want to buy it. Do you have it still available? And I started getting all these messages, and I was like, huh, people want live streamed classes right now. Okay, let's create a program with live stream classes, right? Where I can teach what I love and I can really impact a lot of people right now. So I put together this simple sales page, sold it at $39. So really affordable for a month long program, right? 12 live stream classes, made it super affordable, make it really accessible to everybody. I had 96 people sign up. And I sold it in like two days. It was so fast and it was so helpful. And let me tell you, this group is amazing. They are so grateful. They are so stoked. They show up to all the classes. They do all the work. I'm just like blown away and I'm loving it. Right. And I'm just like, just that small pivot of really listening to what your audience wants and needs right now. And now they're, they're so happy. They're feeling a huge shift in their mind, body, and spirit feeling a massive shift in their vibration right now. And they say, I look forward to your classes every week, Amber, because I'm teaching like three a week. And they're like, I look forward to it. It's the highlight of my week because I feel so amazing afterward. And to me, that is priceless. Like that's what I'm here on the planet to do, right? And so if you can do that in a low price point way and reach more people, you know, a lot of people have higher price point offers and not that that's not selling right now because it is, but like the, um, the lower price point offers for the person who's out of work right now is a great option. So there's just, just know that there's still a lot of people who are more than happy to invest in what it is that you're providing. Like for me, business coaching has boomed because people realize more than ever before they need online coaching. They need to know how to do online you know, business building. They need to know how to do it. And so people are reaching out. How do I build my business online? I've been waiting forever to do it. And now I have the time. And now I have, you know, I'm sitting on some cash. I can afford to do it right now. I want to do it right now. Amazing, right? So those people do exist. There are 7.7 billion people on the planet. So there's always going to be someone who's in the right place, you know, and you've got a product or service that they're going to resonate with. So I, I that's my opinion. <laughs> no, I love it because I think what's happening with a lot of people is, for example, there's a lot of posts that I'm seeing on my Facebook feed from people who maybe aren't entrepreneurs or I don't know. They're just coming from the perspective of, okay, so many people are posting, learn a new skill, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't have time for that. I'm a busy mom, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, that's fine. But you don't need to expect every post to apply to you. And what I've noticed too is the less I'm expecting other people to conform, like the, the more I focus on my own internal belief system when I'm looking at other people's posts, like notice when I'm triggered. Am I triggered that this person's trying to sell or am I triggered that this person is doing a live stream concert and asking for Venmo donations? And if so, why? Because right. that, what that is, is it's showing a reflection of how I am currently holding myself back. And here's mm. the thing is when you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. And so I think what's getting in a lot of people's waves right now is, okay, well, if I post this about how I am using this time to level my business up or to level up my fitness, are people going to be triggered or am I going to be excluding the moms or whatever? And it's like, you know what? Guess what? Maybe there's people posting out there that are saying, I know you're too busy to do anything. This is only how to get 10 minutes away from your kid during you, while you're <laughs> during quarantine. And that doesn't resonate with me. Does, I, does that mean that they shouldn't be spoken to? No. So stop trying to speak right. to everybody and make sure you have all these disclaimers in your posts, like just to let you know, I'm not being insensitive. And I know that some moms won't have time for this. So here's another alternative for you. And just focus on what is your experience right now? What's resonating with you? And if you needed guidance, what would you wish that somebody was sharing? And the more you can get clear about that, it's like the old marketing trick of find your avatar and you like lay out of like, who am I speaking to? What do they look like? What questions do they have? What helps me in that, that was something I learned in marketing where it's like, yeah, when you do this, they'll start to find you. But what 
they don't often tell is it actually helps in your confidence because you start to know that that audience does exist. And the more that they find you, yes. the easier it is to speak to them with confidence. Oh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. So well said. Absolutely. And I think, you know, again, this goes back to people pleasing. So yeah. writing content online if like I was sharing with you before, when I first started writing, it was like, how can I please all these people? How can I make sure I don't offend anybody? I don't trigger anybody. I don't say anything, you know, that's too opinionated because someone might, you know, and nowadays it's just insane. People are triggered by everything. Everybody's oh, offended yeah. by everything. And so when you're looking at, you know, the sensitivity of the collective right now, which I get why I get, it. it's a sensitive time. People are in a lot of fear right now and that's why they're getting triggered so much. I get that. And it doesn't mean that you have to shift and bow to other people's fear and bow to other people's judgments and criticisms. Because the at the end of the day, what I think you and I have learned a lot is that people are going to judge you regardless. They're going to judge you regardless of what you say. And so you might as well speak your truth. You might as well share exactly what you think, share your opinions, and, and then again, be okay with the backlash. If people don't like it, okay, you, they can unfollow you. It's not the end of the world, right? But I think in general, um, I've learned over the years that the more I speak my truth, the more the people who are meant to know me and follow me show up and resonate with me. When I hold back and I don't share my opinion, that's when everything is just wishy-washy and weird. Like the right people aren't there. And so again, like just being yourself and sharing that truth over and over again um, is again going to attract the right people always. I wonder what it's like uh, having also a partner who is influencing in a similar but different way. For listeners who don't know, your husband is J.P. Sears. A lot of you have probably seen his videos. They're hilarious. Uh, what's yeah. it like having somebody who's also influencing but maybe in a different way? Does there, is there comparison? Is, there, is it helpful? Do you, how does that work? That's such a good question. Um, yeah, so, you know, JP and I were so different. It's so funny. Like, um, people find me through JP sometimes and they're like, wow, you guys are so different. Like, I'm like super deep and soulful and like going into all this stuff. And JP's just like hilarious. So it's great. Um, you know, I think um, initially when I first was dating JP, you know, and, and always it's, it's been this way. JP is, is a celebrity, so to speak. Like people see him that way. He's recognized on the street everywhere he goes. It's a very different reality he lives in than what I do. And so initially there was this comparison of like, he's got all this, this massive following. He's got this amazing business. He's making such great money. And I initially would catch myself in comparison with him a lot because of course I'm super proud of my business. I'm proud of all the things that I've done. And at the same time, I found myself comparing myself to him. And even though we do things so differently, right? And uh, I can't expect to have the viral content that he does. Humor and comedy is extremely entertaining. So of course it's going to go more viral than something that's like very self-help related or whatever. Yeah. And so with that, you know, I had to just come to terms with like, I, I may not ever be at his level and that's okay. I have to be okay with that. And I can't try to compete with him. I can't try to compare myself to him because only it just causes me to suffer and also ultimately just like dim my own light because so, you know, when you're with someone who, sh who shines really, really bright, it's easy to dim your own light. You know, it's easy to kind of stay in the shadow. For me, it wasn't like I dimmed my own light. It was that I felt that I was dimmer around him because he sh shined so bright, if that makes yeah, sense. It so it was like when I would walk into a room, it's like everybody would look at JP. No one cared to know who I was. And for me, that was a really big shock because I was used to running my own business. People know me for who I am in Costa Rica. I have like really tight community everybody knows me and it, it, you know, it's, it's my world. When I go into his world, everybody cares about him and they're like, Oh, there's the, the girl on his arm, you know, that kind yeah. of feeling where they see right through me. And I, I am no, I am not a valuable person to know because JP is more valuable to know. Right. Yeah. And I've also experienced people using me to get to him. So contacting me, messaging me, trying to befriend me so that they can get closer to JP. So it's been very interesting walking this, this path of like, okay. Um, we aren't equal in some ways, right? In terms of our businesses and our exposure. Um, but what's so fascinating is like how we've come together so much through this, um, this COVID situation, because, you know, we have our own businesses. We have, we had no intention of really ever working together or like joining our businesses together. And I'm always like, Hey babe, let's do a retreat together. Like I'll produce the whole thing. You can just come and speak. And he was just like, well, like I used to do that, but I'm not in that realm anymore. Like I just want to do comedy. And so, you know, we've, had challenges, let's say doing collaborative work together. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, I'm stepping into his world, which is so interesting. He's like, come be in all my videos with me. 
let's do this live comedy show together. And I'm just like, wait, what? Like I never anticipated (laughs) I would be doing this at all, you know, but I'm just like, okay, if you think I'm good enough to be in your videos, you think that I'm, you know, at the level to be in your live comedy show. Cool. Like I'll, I'll try, you know? Um, and it's been great. So that's been really cool is like, I'm evolving by being with him by really just trusting and surrendering to the process and going like, look, if this is where I'm supposed to go and this is helping a lot of people by us making a comedy video, then let's keep doing that. You know, so that's been really cool, a cool evolution. I really appreciate that because I think even really your dream to do a retreat with him, I think that it shows something too. Like, I think a lot of times we expect other people to come towards us when the most helpful thing we can do sometimes is take a step towards them. And so it's a really cool blending of each other's worlds to go into the comedy world. And also I think it is so important right now because it reminds me of something we were just talking about a few minutes ago about how people are just so offended by things and people are, <laughs> are they, they are. And it's funny because even the word woke, I remember when I first heard that word, I was like, oh yeah, I'm totally woke. Like that's something to be proud of. But then it holds such a negative connotation. And now when I look, I'm like, if I'm going to be woke, I'm going to be the other kind of woke where I'm not offended (laughs) by everything, but it's just like the ability to, because I think that's what it's synonymous with right now is Mm. people say like, oh, like my friend even has a mug with her business that says like, you're not woke, you're annoying or something like that because (laughs) her whole platform is all about free speech. And so it's been really helpful for me to, to kind of blend, like if I'm going to read one article that I know that is biased about something, I'm going to go find the opposite side of that. And I can, I can bet with comedy, there's probably a lot of pushback because people feel like there's people being offended by it or, oh, you're making fun of my way of life. When really I think it's also important as much as you're finding your own causes and finding what you're passionate about, it goes back to not expecting other people to conform to your beliefs and expectations, just showing them that this is a way to live, but just because they're doing this or they're still using this word, don't demonize them for it because it's only going to push them further away. And I think comedy is such a good way to bring people together around that. Oh, totally. And you know, I think comics are the last ones who literally have free speech to some extent. I mean, I feel like because, because what they do for a living is make fun of things. It's like, and and a lot of comics are getting, you know, trashed and slandered nowadays because of things they say on stage. And what's beautiful is you see the comics fighting back and they're like, look, we are the only ones who can still say this stuff. And we're going to keep pushing the envelope because the rest of the world is way too PC, way too hypersensitive, way too overly offended, like all the things. And we need people like the comics to actually stand up and speak truth and share their opinions and not be slandered for it, not be canceled, so to speak, because they have something to say. Um, and granted, there's a line to that, of course, right, with racism and certain things. But like there's there's still, you know, the beauty of, of comedy is it alchemizes And this is one of the things that JP really focuses on is like, how can I help people awaken things inside of themselves and realize things about themselves through humor? So how can I alchemize some of the just like uh, bullshit ego that gets in the way so much, you know, and this is why he makes fun of the spiritual community a lot, the ultra spiritual stuff. And this is why people love it so much is because it's so true. There's so much truth behind the things that he's sharing. Um, and he sees things from really cool angles that shine the light of awareness on the shadow aspects of self that we totally, you know, neglect or, or pretend aren't there. Like for me, when I first saw JP's videos, I was like so offended because I'm (laughs) vegan. I was raw vegan for eight years. You know, I was like, this guy, this is before I knew him. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, this guy has clearly never been vegan. Right. Like I was just like, I'm vegan too. I felt the same thing, but I couldn't help but laugh because it was such good content. <laughs> well, totally. Right. And, and also it's, there is a truth to it. Right. And that's what makes yeah. you laugh. And it's okay to laugh at ourselves. I think what he's taught me is that it's okay to laugh and to not be so serious all the time. Cause I was so seriously dogmatic with veganism for so many years, especially as a raw vegan, like hardcore dogma, like really yeah. hardcore. And, um, and I remember just when I first met him, I was like, wow, he's such a huge heart. He's so different than the character he portrays in some of his videos. And so the vegan videos, and then there's also like this, there's a video on like Instagram yogis. And like, that was totally me. Like I was the girl doing dancer <laughs> pose on waterfalls in Costa Rica. Right. And so this video was like totally about me. Right. 
And I said, oh my God, like when I met him, I said, so just so you know, like that video was written for me and I thought it was hilarious, but I was also kind of offended. And he was like, <laughs> okay, like I get it, you know, but, but over the years, you know, what I've learned from him so much is how to take, not take myself so damn seriously and how to laugh at myself. And also like he laughs at himself too. He makes, you know, videos about keto people and paleo stuff. And he's totally, you know, more keto and paleo. So with that being said, like he makes fun of things that he respects as well. And so that's, what's really, I found really interesting about him is that he doesn't make comedy skits or videos or, you know, write, um, stand up that is not about something that he respects. If it's not something that he respects, then it quickly becomes criticism and slander and judgment, right? It becomes something that's, it's a little more hateful in nature, let's say, but it's like when it's stuff that he really values, like yoga, he practices yoga every day, but he makes funny yoga videos about creepy yoga teachers, right? And like different yeah. stuff. And that cool. Like you can, you can talk about all the dark sides of things, um, and still keep it light. So. Right. And I think that's one of the things that I've realized just in my own journey in spirituality or in veganism or in any yeah. lifestyle change that I've made, because what happens is the only way you make a whole lifestyle change is if something shifted your beliefs so strongly that you're willing to make a lifestyle change. You know, nobody says totally. like, Hey, I want to be vegan because I want to make my life a lot harder right now. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> totally. it's like you read something and you're like, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that. And I didn't realize that. And I didn't realize that. And so you change, you make all these sacrifices to change your life. And what happens I find in a lot of ways is for me, I was so shocked by certain things that I became very almost aggressive in the transformation because it's how my own thought processes were going. So then I was yeah. sharing my beliefs and kind of pushing my beliefs on other people. And the same thing mm. happens in spirituality, and totally. which is what creates the whole wokeism effect is people are right. like, yeah, but you're saying this and you're offending. And it's like, if your journey of growth is pointing the fingers at everybody else, then you're not growing at all. The moment Boom. that you can, you can say like, why is this triggering me? And how can I continue growing without expecting everybody else to change? And that's popping up so much right now, because frankly, there is a hundred ways to look at this pandemic and yeah. I have my own beliefs with it. And I could easily be triggered by what other people are doing. And I, this might get some backlash, but I'm really concerned about the way the mask debate is even happening because I think the whole thing is where it's like, well, my mask protects you and your mask protects me. And what's that's creating is it's anybody walking outside without a mask. So many people are now looking at you are selfish and you're not doing this mm -hmm. where it's like, well, they might still be social distancing. They might have a lung issue where it makes it really detrimental for them to wear them. Like you never know the whole story in anything in life. And so I think that it's a good practice with all of this going on and with everything shifting and everyone being again, triggered by this new thing we've never been triggered by to really focus on how can I still find the humor in a serious situation? How can I still stop blaming others? How can I still make this my journey instead of forcing it on everybody else? If that makes sense. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, I wrote a post about this because the shaming that I've been seeing across the board is just appalling in my opinion, yeah. shaming people for, you know, not wearing masks for not socially distancing for, and granted, like I get that there are rules and we should be following them for sure. A thousand percent. Yeah, I get it. And like the extent to which people were attacking me online for dancing in my own living room was insane. Like I was like, really? So I'm not allowed to dance in my living room right now and be happy right now. Okay. Okay. So you're going to shame me for being happy right now. I mean, it was, it was above and beyond. I was like, wow, you guys, if you're, so if I'm not feeling the fear and anxiety and stress you are, then I'm wrong. Right. And that shame and fear spreads farther and deeper than this virus ever will. And that disconnection that it creates in humanity, like talk about, you know, creating more disconnection. That is what this pandemic has done is in many ways is pit people against each other. Oh, you don't agree with my opinion about this. Oh, you're not following quarantine as much as I am. Ooh, I don't know if I'm going to spend time with you again, you know, and like these different opinions and everyone's like picking a side, right? Yeah. At the same time, it's also bringing people together in a really unique way. So it's so interesting because, you know, um, this morning I had a client reach out to me who I've worked with for literally almost 10 years now. And she's like, you know, I'm really struggling with whether I want to work with you moving forward because I saw your post on not, not approving of mandated vaccines. And I was like, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> like I, I never really thought that it would come to that place where a client would say, 
I feel so strongly against what you think that I don't think I want to work with you anymore. And that's honestly quite shocking to me. And so I was like, wow, oh, wow. Like this is how intense it's getting for people that they're willing to literally not even interface with someone who has a different opinion than them. And that to me, I think is a, is a very slippery slope because what's happening is so much disconnection. It's just going to create way more hostility in this environment than needs to be in my opinion. So it's like, okay, can you respect someone for having a different opinion than you? Can you actually unconditionally love someone and accept them for who they are and what their beliefs are if they're not like yours? And this was what I learned through veganism, right? Is like, there were years I went where I never would date anybody who wasn't vegan. I didn't even have friends that weren't vegan, you know, like it was <laughs> hardcore. And, and then it was like, wow, Amber, look at how dogmatic you are. Look at how judgmental and critical you are. You are unwilling to even entertain the thought of being friends or dating somebody who doesn't believe in your strict dogmatic beliefs right now. And to me, like my, that big shift happened, um, in, on my spiritual path where I was like, I need to learn compassion for all beings, no matter what their, their religion, their race, whatever. Right. And I grew up that way, but like, I didn't even see how it was happening with veganism. I didn't see how that dogma was actually creating so much disconnection between me and other human beings in my life. And so it like pigeonholed me in this way of life and prevented me from actually you know, potentially I could have missed out on the love of my life by not dating JP because he wasn't a vegan, you know? And to me, that's crazy now. Like thinking about that, I'm like, that's crazy. But in the t- at the time, that was my headspace, you know? Yeah. So I just think over the years, I've had to learn how can we unconditionally love each other, regardless of our opinions, regardless of how different our beliefs are, we've got to be able to come to some sort of mutual respect, you know? And that's how we're going to get along in the future, I think. <laughs> right. And, and it's like, what can, if you, if somebody has such a fear over something, how can you make the shift on yourself rather than other people? Because if you're expecting right. other people to change for your happiness or for your safety or whatever, you're never going to be happy. There's so many things out of my control right. that are like, that I have looked into out of my control to where it's like government level agenda that I really feel like I can do nothing about. But I also have to shift, well, how is that going to affect the way I live my life? Not go like right. storm the White House, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And the same thing right. happens like outside. I know there's plenty of people and I might get backlash for this. Like I don't wear a mask outside unless I'm in a spot where it's difficult to social distance, like standing in line at Trader Joe's. I've done a lot sure. of research on this. I see where people are coming from because maybe they have found different articles that have said like, oh, these are the fears and they really think I'm being selfish. But guess what? I will go out of my way to walk across the street if I see somebody coming with a mask or without. I am going out of my way to social distance. And so realize that people might not be walking around being like, I'm going to be selfish and I don't care about other people and I don't care if I spread this disease. They have found different research than you. They have different knowledge than you. It doesn't matter right. if you think it's right or wrong, but they're living by their own truth that makes them happy. And so how, if it really makes somebody that fearful... They could go even farther out of the way when I see <laughs> they see me coming than the six to ten feet that I'm doing or whatever it is. And so I think it's just important to always look at what is triggering me and how can I shift my behavior instead of expecting that on somebody else. So Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, then that's what this, this, I wrote this post about this, um, because I was just like so fed up with all the shaming I'd been experiencing online. And I was like, you can't control other people. Like you, th- people have free will still. And, and unfortunately, like people think nowadays, some people think that the government now has complete control over everybody's bodies and they're going to tell us what to do and that we don't have this like sovereignty anymore to really do what it is we feel to be the best in our interest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or what's in the best interest for the collective. Because let me tell you, I've read a thousand articles on all of this stuff and how there's so much corruption and there's so many smoke and mirrors, so much stuff happening. Um, and I'm sure many people who are listening have gone through the conspiracy rabbit holes. There's a lot yeah. of them, right? But with that being said, like here in Texas, they're opening up now businesses. They're um, opening up restaurants again. They're slowly starting to open up. So if someone from California wants to start attacking me for going camping here in Texas, I'm sorry. We have different laws here, different rules here. And, you know, it's like, let's wake up, people. <laughs> There's a yeah. lot of things going on outside of your headspace, outside of your little bubble that you live in. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you a thousand percent. <laughs> I, I know. And I just did a post today that got a lot of comments was just about how 
You know, when things are being censored from the internet, it doesn't make me less likely to believe them. It makes me more likely right. to research the agenda behind the approved message. Like when um. there's one approved message, when everything's wiped from Pinterest, when you're not allowed to post about things, when things are being removed from YouTube and they're making excuses as for why, that's not to protect us. It like rarely yeah. is. And there's been so many theories that have then made headline news. And I'm not saying to believe all of them. I'm not even disclosing which ones I believe and which ones I don't, because that's not, I don't think my, my purpose here is to spread my beliefs. It's to spread that there are more than one ways to believe and to find what resonates with you and to find what's, what's really moving you to take action. And that's what you should focus on regardless of who right. else agrees with that. So Thank you so much for sharing all that with us today. And for listeners who are really just resonating with you, where's the best place for them to connect with you online? For sure. Yeah. So my website, epicself.com is a great place to go. Also Instagram and Facebook. um, Amber Lee Sears is my handle on Instagram. I love Instagram. It's my favorite platform. So feel free to reach out to me there. And also my podcasts, which is called Soul Powered uh, with Amber Sears. And that's available on all platforms. podcast platforms as well. So yeah, I would love to connect. Feel free to DM me and let me know what you think of this podcast. It'd be super fun. All of the links from this episode will be at mindlove.com slash 135. And this week, I challenge you to figure out where are you holding yourself back? What are you feeling? What collective energy are you feeling from this sensitive time? And how is it affecting your behavior? When you can connect what you are trying to do with your true purpose behind it, what's the real motivation? And not just making money, why? What is it in your soul that you are serving through this action? The more you can connect to that place and move from there, act from there, the more people are going to feel that energy, that heart-centeredness of what you're doing, and it's those feelings that people resonate with. That's why the first step in any marketing plan is always figuring out what your purpose is and the mission, your why behind what you're doing. So next time you put out a video or an Instagram post or you go live on social media, see if you can connect to that feeling. Take 10 seconds or 10 minutes, whatever it takes for you to get to that grounded place where you can feel your own vibration and then move and see the difference that it makes in your response from your audience. If you love this episode and wish you could have more than one episode per week, I have great news for you. We just launched Mind Love Premium. It's an exclusive membership. It's at founding members prices right now, where not only do we have exclusive episodes, so you get more Mind Love when you need it, but there's also guided meditations, there's additional bonuses, and there's even virtual meetups. Connection right now is more important than ever. So these virtual meetups are specially designed where you can actually interact with each other and me, facilitated discussions, movie nights, book clubs, and as founding members, your suggestions and ideas for new meetups and new ways to connect with each other are taken very, very seriously. So you actually help craft the future of the Mind Love membership. So go to mindlove.com premium to learn more. And as always, thanks for giving your mind a little love today, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week.